0: What's up security gang welcome to another episode of the CISO talk podcast we've got a packed packed show today a great one I've got the CISO of the of MARTA here at the city of Atlanta MARTA is for those who don't know tens of thousands of people or hundreds of thousands of people rely on MARTA for transportation it's the lifeblood of basic transportation in the city it has trains buses you name it um, big sporting events anything around the city of Atlanta Marta's there. Marta's the main lifeblood. It's the attraction. It's everything. Dean's going to be joining the show today. We're going to be talking about his leadership style, and we're also going to be talking about the fact that Marta's a nonprofit. It's critical infrastructure, and the city relies on it. And Dean's got a lot of challenges to deal with. He'll be sharing his secrets to success with Marta. So don't go anywhere. The show's just about to get started. I can't even talk anymore, y'all. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, cyberhubpodcast.com. Find us on your favorite podcast listening platform by looking up the CISO Talk podcast and then go to our website, cyberhubpodcast.com. For everything, here we go. CISO Talk time. Let's go rock and roll, y'all. From the CyberHub bunker in studio, you're listening to the CISO Talk podcast. No sales, no bullshit, just straight talk. Straight talk. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good afternoon, Mr. Dean Malice. How are you doing? Good, sir. Doing all right. How are you? You know, we should have done this in person. We live so close. I know.
1: Uh, Next time.
0: My my studio isn't built for in-person interviews anymore. Right? Like it used to be. It used to be. I used to have like Ken Foster here who was on the show recently. Uh, I think right. episode two or this year at Ken Viciana here, yep. you know, he, he was also uh, at, at this place of Vlad, Wes, you name it. Like every, pre COVID everyone used to come over at my house, we would have bourbons and do a show uh, post COVID. I like that. <laughs> um, and, you know, getting a bunch of sissos on bourbon and then having us have a conversation that's recorded is not a good recipe. good content could be why the show got so popular so fast uh were you supplying the bourbon (laughs) i was supplying the bourbon that's why um and and it was very good bourbon all right so so dean you're the cisa over at marta um why don't you introduce yourself to our awesome audience here who's uh just can't wait to hear a little bit more about your 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 experience go ahead Well,
1: you gave me a great introduction there. So I'm the CISO for MARTA. We are the, depending on the year, the eighth or the ninth largest transit agency in the U.S. uh, government or quasi government entity. So we don't turn a profit. So, you know, trying to get budgets and and things like that sometimes is a challenge. But uh, we do provide a valuable service to the people in Atlanta, uh, people that use MARTA to go to their doctor's appointments to, to go to work, to bring their kids to school. There are some people they don't uh, own any other means of transportation. We have several um, people in our organization that they solely use MARTA. Our previous CEO, Jeff Parker, did not um, have a vehicle. He, he solely used MARTA to, to get around the city. Uh, we supply people with transit down to the big events Super Bowl was was a big one uh, that was a huge success we got the World Cup coming all the SEC championships the peach drops and all those things is what we serviced here in Atlanta
0: so talk a little bit about how you got started in security Dean what, what what's 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 the background that that brought you to two yeah that's a great uh,
1: great question so I was a IT guy I managed support for 14 years Uh, branch offices for Deutsche Bank back in the day, and uh, they outsourced us all, so they let us all go. I got a real interest in uh, computer forensic. I took a computer forensic boot camp while I was unemployed, uh, and then uh, knew somebody at Home Depot that kind of really petitioned to get me in there as a security engineer, and that's where I started my security career, was at the Home Depot, was there for about four years, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, I left there, I went to WorldPay for a year as a security engineer. And then I went over to Aaron's um, and built the forensic and incident response practice uh, over there and and kind of assisted with some of the other things that we we had built. And the job for MARTA popped up and I'm like, I could do that job and shot my resume in and um, went into that interview really almost like, for people get the reference, George Costanza is the opposite guy. I just kind of, I totally was, was, and had gotten friendly with the HR uh, lady afterwards. And she was like, we were wondering like, who is this guy? You know, <laughs> He just came in here telling us what we needed to do. And I mean, basically said, Hey, whether you hire me or not, this is what you should do. And this is what you should look for your, from your CISO. And to Marta's credit, they actually, um, zoomed in or actually I think Skype at the time the uh ciso for uh, for, for the MTA because they basically said they didn't have the expertise to hire me you know or interview me really and uh Tarek um Habib interviewed me did most of the most of the interviewing and kind of made the recommendation and and uh that's how I landed there it's been actually 6 years today uh, I've been at MTA from-
0: congratulations yeah it's um, been a- uh, no, no. I love your background. I think for a lot of our listeners that are uh, getting started in security, that are trying to get some inspiration, uh, knowing that you're a security engineer and you kind of went on and, and and you were in the trenches like all of them. And today you're you're in the leadership chair. Uh, should be an inspiration of, of, of the kind of work people put in and the ability to not be afraid and just apply for a job, even if you don't think you may 100% be able to do it, but just Go in there, give it your best shot and there you go, six years later, you're still there through a bunch of through a bunch of challenges in those six years. Right. Absolutely. Cause, cause cause Marta was was similarly affected by the famous ransomware attack on the city of Atlanta back in two thousand and eighteen, I believe, right?
1: Yeah. Fortunately, um, now we had connections to the city and and um, we cut those connections when that happened. The, the city had called us. Uh, and I think it was a couple of the FBI guys I know and DHS kind of came in and told me what was happening. Uh, one piece of advice I always give people is you need to know your, your liaisons with the FBI and DHS before something happens. So the first time you meet them isn't when uh, they come and say, hey, your, your data sitting on the dark web somewhere. <laughs> um, but we were lucky in that aspect, uh, quite frankly, and, and uh, you know. We've we've been building the program the last six years. We call it a six-year startup because, as you can imagine, a government entity um, moves a little slower than than the private sector. Our trains and buses run on time and, and are punctual, but sometimes getting things through procurements and things like that takes a little bit longer than than, uh, than the private sector takes. But it's been uh, it's been exciting. It's been a challenge, uh, but you know. I think that the service that we provide is really um, – you really kind of get a sense for what you do for people when we move like a bus route and somebody will come to a board meeting and say, hey, that, that really impacted me when you guys did that um, because people do depend on MARA to, to move about their, their lives.
0: So being a CISA for a kind of organization that's quasi-government, nonprofit, fighting for budgets – um what what are some of the kind of challenges you've experienced in terms of building out the program uh, you know if you could go back to your six-year-old to yourself six years from now knowing what you know today what would you be telling yourself uh
1: run go <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's interesting because it, it took and you can you can see there there's so all of our board meetings are, are zoomed, are, are streamed to YouTube live. And, and I did a presentation probably about a year and a half ago on kind of where we started and, and where we where we are. we at at the time and talked a little bit about the trials and tribulations. So Marta wanted to see so, but I, they didn't know what that meant. Right. And they hired me and they funded my salary and that was it. So it was several years, and I was fortunate because I had uh, one one contract. three contractors that I actually stole from the police department. Believe it or not, the the former police chief was trying to push cyber through Marta. So she had hired some cyber contractors. So when I landed there, I'm like, "Hey, can I can I use them?" She's like, "Yeah, absolutely." And um, one of them in particular, who who I finally hired as a director and just left uh, Friday was his last day. Um, the both of us really work to push the message, right? And not use FUD, but but really kind of impress upon leadership why cyber was important. Now we've we got help with with you know the ransomwares of the city helps pique a little bit of interest and in the colonial pipelines and the and the regulations that come down kind of help drive things a little bit, but it, it really was about kind of I call it the CISO salesman job, right? Selling why it's important and the value that we can bring to the organization um, and, and really kind of have things being implemented, in security in it so that, that there are no challenges. You know, we're critical infrastructure. We have trains, we have people on those trains, right? And, and more so the trains and the buses, and you, you wanna make sure that you can protect that, you know, life safety um, aspect of, of the job.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm look as you're speaking. I'm looking through the YouTube channel for Marta to find that board meeting. I want to link it uh, well, from, for the audience since you referenced it. It was
1: um, um, shoot. It was like it was mid-pandemic, so it was. You t- it was all of us were the whole board was was, was remote, um, but I'll uh, I'll send it over to you. I have to dig it up, but every that's the challenge, right? Is every I present to the board usually quarterly the the audit committee which is about half of our board of directors and i've got to be be really careful about what i say from the state of cyber because it's all it's public. all out there
0: right you know it's all yes yeah, so, so how, do, how do you navigate that right because i've been in sister roles before right and you, when you and you're in a private company you can go to the board and you're behind closed doors you shut the doors you're very honest in your feedback you're very honest in your presentation. But when you're in the public, there's that balance of safety versus reputation versus disclosure versus you don't want to tick anyone off versus you don't want to cause panic versus you don't want to cause more panic (laughs) because because I assume like the local news folks here in Atlanta probably watch these in order to. Kind of get a try to get nuggets of stories out of it.
1: They're sitting in the boardroom well, during the presentations, um, and I remember once I was given uh, given a presentation, and I, I said, you know, something effective like uh, you know, let's say we had Windows ninety five sitting on, on on our system, and I turned to him like this, and I went, "We don't have Windows ninety five, you know, <laughs> so you don't." Put that <laughs> <in>. <laughs> I said, "Just an example." Um, <laughs> but it's it's a balancing act. I've I've had um I've had them ask me, you know, uh, how many vulnerabilities do we have? And and the responses is, is the numbers not important. What's important is that I'm working with our CIO, the CIO and I are peers, and we have a great relationship. But you know, working with him to to make sure we mitigate the risk that we're yeah. That we, are we, we,
0: We've had your CIO on the show before, Kirk Talbot. Oh, he's like awesome. Years, years ago, three yeah. or four years ago, early on during the show's lifetime, we had Kirk on. Yeah, so. Kirk's,
1: Kirk's great. We got a
0: great relationship
1: and, and, you know, he understands security as well. So it makes the, uh, our discussions. He said one time, he said, yeah, uh, I love our arguments. Well, we don't argue, we have, we have discussions around stuff. <laughs> um, but that's the challenge, right, is is being able to balance Uh, what I say and a lot of times my my presentations will be hey you allocated me X amount of dollars because anything over $200,000 I have to even if I've budgeted for it I have to go to the board for approval to procure it Um, so I like to give them an update around hey you allocated X amount of dollars and this is where we're at from an implementation perspective you know we've done um, some of the basics you know that we're, that we're doing and kind of clue them in on that and you know unfortunately everything I procure is public record right so it's it's out there if you want it and, and if it's over 200 grand all you got to do is watch a YouTube video and you can see what I'm procuring so um, but it's a balance so
0: I, I just want to say to every single CiSO on here that's always on our slack channel that's going I want to talk to someone about pricing. Dean just gave you his his approach to pricing. Just go look it up, and you can tell everything Dean's pays uh, to every vendor that you're dealing with.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's uh, you know, and, and, and it took me a bit to get comfortable with um, kind of doing that balancing because you can't, you know, there's things I'm not going to put in a board presentation because it's, you know, it's, uh, you could, uh, a FOIA, head, right? It's it's open records request. I mean, certain things around cyber, they, they can't, we have laws in, in Georgia that kind of block that, but I'm, I'm not going to put certain things in, in a presentation. If you watch the audit committee, um, what I've done is I use, I've worked with our audit, head of audit, um, kind of to track remediations on pen tests and things like that. And if you watch him, he will say, you know, uh, I'm not going to go into the details of it. If you want to, you can talk to me later, but, you know, it just kind of opens us up to, to too much risk. And I like his approach.
0: So so let me ask you a little bit about, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the challenges of the role. What are some of the successes that you feel like, you know, really kind of highlight the program you've built over the last six years? It's a good question.
1: I mean, there's, there's a lot of successes that I, I look at in,
0: in, just in terms of the
1: of moving the program forward from nothing and really um almost feeling that you know kind of like you were pushing a string up a hill with a pipe cleaner um it, it, there's there's I, I think that as the years have progressed and as i've kind of uh, done my presentations and interfaced with with the ceo and and kind of make myself um it's that relationship thing, right? So working with, with the uh, finance and, and audit and you know train control people, just under, for them to understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, and it's not a, we're not here to stop you from doing anything, right? Is is I'm really here as a risk advisor, telling you what I think needs to be done, and if you can't do it a certain way, let's figure out a way that we can do it that's that's secure. Um, but I think it's, you know, my boss is very big about trust, and I think it's that trust that you build across the organization with the other leaders. Uh, I tend to be very transparent sometimes, probably to my detriment, um, but I, I don't hide things. Um, I'm just kind of, hey, this is, this is how I think things should be. This is, you know, I'm not, we're not mean about it, but I mean, I'm just transparent about stuff and i think they've appreciated that that they know that what i say is what i mean and there's really no i have no ulterior motives to it um you mentioned kirk what i like about kirk and and my thinking is the same way is i'm always thinking what's best for the organization not what's best for my career or me because it's really not about me uh, what i tell my team is is you know i'm very big about processes and documentation and having things to a point where if mara was to tell us all to leave that the next guy walking in can look at what we can has something that that he goes oh i know what they were doing i might not agree with what they were doing but at least i know what they were doing and i've got something to work with and and to me that's very important
0: yeah that documentation what you're talking about is i think what i like to call it is the fundamental of good sound security is documentation is keeping your team on track is, is understanding. I had a biology teacher when I was in high school and um, 20 some odd years later, I still remember everything he said, but he said something very interesting. uh, My freshman year in high school, when we were writing our first biology paper, he said, when you write this paper, I don't want you to write it for me. I understand what it is that you're writing your paper on. I want you to imagine that you were on the bus. Hence, <laughs> it's funny that, that that it comes up now. And I like you left that. your paper right. on the bus. And if you left your paper on the bus and someone else picked it up, if they picked it up and read it, would they understand what you're writing about? And if they can't, then you've written it wrong. Yeah. And And that stayed with me my entire life. And I love that you brought this up because I feel like that's often overlooked.
1: Well, you know, to me, I'd be doing a disservice to MARTA, right? If They've contracted me. I always look at it myself as as almost, and people kind of roll their eyes sometimes. But, you know, I'm here to provide a service where I'm an independent contractor, and we've come to an agreement, you're going to pay me X, and I'm going to do X, right? So part of that is they asked me to build a program. And building a program means documenting what was done, right? Documenting... What's done on projects, so that when somebody comes and says, "What? There's this IT project going. What? What are, what are the security controls that we put around that?" And, um, to me, that's important. Policy is important, right? It is the whole kind of plan of where we're going and the strategy of where we're going is important. Like I said, the next person that'll walk in will say, well, "You know, this is great," or "Or you know, I got a starting point," or well, "At least I know what he was doing," but. Uh, I think it should be done this way, but there's no like what were these guys doing here for the last six years? I don't I don't understand it. so it's 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 a pain to do it, but uh, I, I think it's really born when I was doing forensic examinations, you know doing that documentation and writing that report so that to your point that anybody can pick it up and understand it um, but and, and know what you've done
0: yeah there's there's a there's a piece what you just said right now and there's there's so much merit and wisdom in what you just said which is the concept of uh su- succession and any good siso understands the concept of succession right not none of us are in a job for long um you being six years as the CISO of MARTA is by far an accomplishment because most CISOs burn out within 18 to 24 months that's that's more or less kind of yeah. the, the the range um, I've, I've had the pleasure of having people on like our good friend, David Levin, a uh, formerly of Rico now over at Forrester. He was there for, uh, I think 18 or 19 years, 20 yeah. years, uh, over at Rico. And, and so it's very rare to see people in a position for more than two to three years. Um, so when you see that, um, you know, as, as we're almost at time, but, but this is so important and, and, and please don't, don't let time rush your answer here. What's the secret? that you've got from a leadership perspective to others in terms of surviving six years in one place as a chief information security officer?
1: So I'm stubborn, right? And and I wanted to see this succeed. Um, so there's the tenacity, like, cause you're gonna have ups and downs. You're gonna have people beating on you. You're not gonna get your budget. I went three years with with really no budget where we had to get creative and use free stuff from the department of homeland security to to do some of the things that we needed to do i finally called some of them out uh, as risks during audit committee but i did that um i did that as a a, as pre-briefs to the gm just to get that conversation sparked right and and him asking me questions well why is that a risk and us going through that um but i think it's having the the fortitude to stick with with it because there were times that i was like i'm done i I gotta get out of here right but um just kind of stuck through it um building those relationships i can't stress that the most um is being true building relationships um just being trustworthy that people know that you're going to say what you're going to do and that they can count on you um and you'll be amazed that you're going to run into people that you just can't work with, but just treat them with kindness and, and keep, keep going. And, uh, eventually things just kind of somehow work out the way they work out. I, I don't, I mean, it's not a great answer, but I think it's just been, been
0: the tenacity yeah, it's, it's, of taking it through. It's a magnificent answer. Number one. Um, and, and, and I think it's a real answer. There's, there's, uh, a lot of challenges being a chief information security officer. And that's, that's, that's what you just talked about is building those relationships. And I know, unfortunately, the city of Atlanta being a resident of one, um, your, your former CEO, um, unfortunately passed away untimely. Uh, I believe that was about six, seven months ago, if I'm not mistaken.
1: It was actually a year ago. uh, A year ago. And Jeff was great. Big support of my program.
0: And, and you, you had a new leadership come through yep. and, and that's never easy. Um, so, um, you know, I applaud you because typically when new leadership comes in, you typically see a, a cleaning up of sorts. <laughs> yeah. And, and in, in this scenario, you're, you're, you've built a good enough program and enough advocates to, to make sure that, you know, security still stays top of mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's and Collie's great, but I think it's, you know, you build your brand, right? If right. you've got a good brand, they're going to
0: want to keep it around. Um, yeah, they do. The, I love that out, but I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Are you ready? Oh, <laughs> sure. Welcome to the hot seat, Dean. Um, I've got a buzzword graveyard. Give me a buzzword you'd bury in the graveyard.
1: Buzzword that I'd bury in the graveyard. Um, now, there, there's a buzzword that I... Oh, buzzword i'm thinking sayings right so end of the day is one that i don't like but uh machine learning I, 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 you, you can toss machine learning
0: i, I just especially with chat gpt now if you say machine learning it's like how night are you running windows 95 bro <laughs> right <laughs> right and i've
1: been i've been trying to get chat gpt to snap and it won't it won't do it no matter what i put at it
0: awesome what's uh, the last song you were listening to
1: I was listening to uh, Chocolate Smoothie by Dexter Tolson. Dexter is uh, he's a TSA. He's actually the the TSA guy that audits my program, but he's actually a jazz musician here in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, he's on Spotify. His music is, is just awesome. And I'm not a jazz guy, but I started listening to it, and that was the last one I was listening to on the way home.
0: Love it. Um, TSA just got a whole lot more responsibility with the National Cybersecurity Strategy, so... That's a that that's that's a point of inflection, and we're out of time to even have that discussion. Um, for for uh, at least for me, you and I can have it over bourbon at some point. Um, and and my final question is: um, I know you told me earlier you're reading three books, uh, but but which book should we know about?
1: Oh Lord, um, I'm reading the audioing the Great Influenza about the um, Spanish Flu, in 1918. A fascinating long book um and i also audioed eat to beat disease which is another really good book around foods you can eat to stem off um disease and then i like reading uh sci-fi and fantasy and i actually picked up a book i started 15 years ago and started (laughs) reading through the series of terry brooks uh sort of series that that i'm I'm enjoying
0: awesome love it dean thanks for really taking the time to be with us today and being a guest on the CISO talk podcast, there's so many great gems and takeaways from this episode around leadership, tenacity, um, relationship building, and just building a program from scratch in a nonprofit with zero budget. Uh, I think a lot of people will will look at this and go, it's a good playbook to, to start my career uh, and explore that CISO role a bit further.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I, I enjoyed it.
0: All right, folks. Um, If you don't know Dean, you can follow Dean on LinkedIn. I'm sure he's there. Don't solicit him and try to sell him stuff. Um, (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, Dean here's on the show, folks. Make sure to subscribe. Follow us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Check out our YouTube channel and find the Cyber Hub podcast on your favorite social media channel where you can get all the latest, including our daily show at 9 a.m. Eastern every single day, Monday through Thursday with the latest cybersecurity news and under 10 minutes for all you practitioners. So tune into that. That's it for us here this week. Talk, We'll be back with a brand new episode next week. Until then, stay cyber safe, y'all. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues and get all the latest information at cyberhubpodcast.com.